0: Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and Metatopia 2018. Episode 218, Marketing 201 Creating Content Around Your Brand Slash Product Presented by Juliet Mayer and Raymond Bruels.
1: Some familiar faces. 78 discussions. Oh, booyah, look at you. Johnny on the spot. Good so. job. <laughs> um, okay, since we have a smaller class, I want to try and tailor this a little bit for you guys. Obviously, if we get people coming in, too bad for them. Um, <laughs> so, can you tell me kind of what your product is or your service or your brand, just so I can try and.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, my uh, product is board games and card games. Um, oh. I just. Uh, uh, Last year, I successfully kickstarted started the game, and it, nice. uh, it arrived in port uh, yesterday. I think, you know, So it's, that's I'm, exciting. yeah, I'm waiting for it to get off. It's over in New Jersey somewhere. So I'm chopping it a bit. I want to go over there and get right, it. Right, you want to go and see it, for uh, sure. Okay. So uh, now I'm just kind of you know, flummoxed by what next? After uh, what after, after, after I do the sort of uh, uh, it, right Right uh, what's next, yeah. Right,
1: that's a really you're in a great place and that's exciting okay cool so board game is there a particular
0: genre guess, uh, just so just so we can try and make oh sure sure things. i mean uh the uh my general style of work games uh tend to be euro okay. style board games. very helpful right what was the Kickstarter? uh it was uh cauldron bubble and boil I can show it to you afterwards. Cool. cool. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. All right, great. Th- this will just help us make some more, specifi- more specific suggestions. Sure. You know, so we have a more intimate class today. What's your...? Uh,
2: Hi. I work okay. for DriveThruRPG, oh. the website. Oh, as oh, cool. as by the shirt. As I'm inside a shirt. Very cool. Uh, so I guess I'm here to see if I can learn anything to help the website itself. But also, part of my job is advising my uh, clients, people who are making role-playing games and card games, how to market both better on our site, which I know our tools pretty well, but also use our site in conjunction with off-site marketing. I I don't just, we don't just confine ourselves to that, we try to help people grow as publishers,
0: so I'm here to see if there's anything I can learn that I can pass on to other people. Are
1: you fluent in Google Google Analytics? I didn't have that set up on your site.
0: Uh, I am not fluent in it, but we do have people who are. You got got a person for
1: that, okay, great. that's super cool, right? So we've got a product and kind of a service as well. And what have you... Uh, because it's a little more intimate, we want to try and custom this uh, a little bit for you guys So
2: we're to looking show. to see what kind of projects or things folks yeah. are
3: working on. So I'm an RPG designer. So it's a bit of like trying to find my market, right? And then also trying to advertise appropriately to them. And, you know, um, obviously there's Facebook targeting ads and such. But it's a, it's a level of seeing what else what other options are out there. And I have worked with a, a business manager who kind of was helping oh, me walk through cool. things like um, using Google Analytics right. and getting my Facebook Pixel and and trying oh, to like, nice. do okay. heat mapping and stuff.
1: Oh, but, fun. But yeah. But
3: even with one introduction to one person like that, I, it's not like you grasped all of it. I was like, wow, right. oh, this is cool and this is cool. Okay. So I was kind of thinking that we're probably going to get more of that, like, the insight of mm-hmm. like, the tools out there. So. Great. Awesome. And we chatted with you last night. Yes. So... Um, I have a couple board games. Right.
0: Um, And card games. Um, But my biggest issue is currently, I started with a brand, and it no longer fits with any of those games. Right.
4: So I need to to rebrand.
1: Rebrand. All right. So we're going to do a little bit more deep diving about content today, but I think that this will still inform a lot of your decisions, Um, but we'll also keep that in mind and talk a little bit about rebranding, I think, as well. So, well, what are you... What are
5: your uh, I I have a handful of, of games that I'd like to create, such, but that may be secondary. I come from a background in graphic design oh. for decades, nice, and uh, which has taken me into a little bit in the print industry as well. Okay. But uh, now I'm working in education. Oh, cool! I kind of burn out on that. I very and, understandable,
1: and uh, <laughs> I totally get that.
5: And. A lot of my focus, a lot of focus of my games, is education. Okay,
1: great.
5: Because of that, making education fun.
1: Is there a particular demographic that you prefer to work with for Uh, educational games?
5: um, Short answer. Short answer. I guess I'll tell you. Okay. You tell me if it's a separate demographic. Okay. Um, So what I really think I want to do is more about branding. Okay. And is. Is to create some kind of a uh, a uh, blog or blog ah, and okay. to create a community first great um, one because I need that in order to be successful with games Okay. and and another is games aren't my only interest education is and the blog I have in mind would actually tie all that together okay great. and so I want to create a community of uh, of basically, parents, mm-hmm. uh, organizers of enrichment classes, mm-hmm. and providers of enrichment. Great. It's extracurricular, educational right. based.
1: Something that people could subscribe to, maybe. Um, cool. Okay,
5: great. So, and I think of a lot of educational games as being very much enrichment as well. It absolutely
1: is. I completely so. agree with that sentiment. Okay. Great.
5: Well, we had two uh, newcomers. Yeah.
1: Uh, what what are you guys with projects or what we're just trying We want to make sure that we're we're tailoring a little bit to our audience because it's a little smaller tonight. So or this morning, <laughs> I don't know what time it is. <laughs>
2: so what kind of projects What's you got going, going on? on?
1: We do group therapy and social skills.
2: We utilize yeah. tabletop games, role playing, and okay. storytelling uh, in our sessions.
1: Okay, great. Very cool. That's exciting. I remember you from last night. Yeah, you were yeah from last night. Okay. trying
6: trying to figure out how to do the whole uh, marketing piece mm-hmm. because as a, as a therapist with the with the contracts that I have, up until now I really didn't have to worry about marketing so much. I was getting clients given to me and then right. I have to really push. Um, but now that I'm trying to kind of like go off on my own mm-hmm. as far as like the whole social skills and group therapy thing. Yeah. People don't know what that is. No. It's yeah. different for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'm an in home therapist and you can send me your, your clients from this company. Okay. And yeah. now it's like, well. Wow,
1: yeah, that's got to be more challenging. Yeah. And you have to make it approachable and so. Well, and
2: as you develop tools and, and, and even materials that can perhaps help others, being able to, to let people know that, hey, these things exist and where to find them.
1: Right. Um, okay, great. Right.
4: Hi. Hi. So what were you saying that you're <laughs> No, you're so totally
1: good. Um, I love the shirt, first of all. Um, we
2: were just kind of going around the room, since it's kind of a smaller room this morning, and asking what kind of projects folks are working on. So we can
1: try and tailor, make oh, sure okay. that we're tailoring to the to okay. our demographic.
4: I am from Access Stories. I am from Mexico, but our uh-huh. sponsorships. Uh, awesome. The main thing that we're doing, we're trying to help in general RPG pollution in Mexico, because it's like really, there's a lot of people with projects, but they don't like the rest of the part of what you did. Marketing publishing editing. Okay, and we're also publishing our own games that like play. testing. Oh, cool! Okay, nice. awesome. Welcome. But Welcome. Our main aim with the marketing part we have. I want to use an email strategy, email marketing strategy with and stuff.
1: Okay,
4: okay. Well, we have like still decided. We don't have like too many topics or too less topics, or we should like change the approach. Okay, we're still fighting for. So
1: you're looking for some strategy. Exactly. Okay, perfect, great. Um, so we're gonna get started. Um, so. This is Marketing 201. This is going to be a little bit more technical than what we talked about last night. My assumption for those of you who are attending is that um, you have all of your chosen social media outlets. Your channels are up and running. Um, You already know kind of your target audience, or your demographic, or you're starting to dig into that. Um, You have some kind of concept for your brand or product, and it sounds like everybody does in this room, so that's phenomenal. Um, You have a website or a landing location where you're going to be funneling your people to, whether that's an email outlet, whether that's social media, um, whether that's a website. You have a passing understanding of basic marketing principles and terms, or you attended yesterday's uh, (laughs) talk, and if you did, good job, thanks. But if there are any (laughs) of
2: these things that you are are not comfortable or familiar with, Towards the end of the class, we're going to leave some time for questions, yep. so we can try to recover or go over some of these uh, these earlier topics. Correct.
1: Um, so, hi, I'm I'm Juliet. Uh, this is Ray. Uh, we are um, uh, we are both professionals in this field: uh, community management, social media marketing. Um, we won't go through our whole thing. Um, uh, We've done lots of stuff. We've done lots of stuff. I promise. We Uh, own three companies. We own three companies, right. (laughs) Uh, All right, so things that I suggest out the gate for all of you. Um, If you are just getting into social media or you feel overwhelmed by social media, one of the best tools out there that is free, I am cheap as the day is long. So I'm (laughs) it's going to be free today. Um, I will always find a free solution because I'm like that. Uh, Hootsuite is a phenomenal um, entry-level uh, thing. You can download it on your phone right now if you're so inclined and hook up all of your social media accounts. She supports Twitter, Facebook, ins- I believe Instagram as well, um, and I think she even does LinkedIn. Hootsuite is kind of a really base-level Uh, thing. What you can do with Hootsuite is actually schedule out all of your posts and we're going to talk about that because I believe in working smarter not harder. And those Um,
2: posts go to multiple channels. They will
1: all go out at the same time. You can schedule what time of day and we're going to talk about what time of day is best. Uh, Bitly is amazing for click tracking. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. Click tracking helps inform uh, your strategy and know where your demographic is interacting with you. Uh, Bitly, also free super important. Obviously your phone to take pictures. If you have a crappy cell phone I am very very sorry um, I strongly recommend 10 megapixels or up for doing uh, product shots, something like that. If you happen to be lucky enough to have a DSLR great. Um, I also encourage you to use that but you want to use something like Lightroom um, to edit those photos before you put them out onto but in general, social media Most
2: folks have cell phones that are capable of right. taking
1: If you have something shots. made in the last two years you probably have 10 megapixels or up um, Snapseed. Snapseed is a phenomenal photo editing uh, software for your phone. It is free, of course, uh, available on the App Store or Play Store. I see I lost my parentheses on the back of that. Um, and, of course, you want to have access to your chosen social media platforms. If you are, for instance, I'm going to pick on my drive-thru RPG friend over here. Um, if you are not necessarily the marketing person, but you are still going to be generating content and copy, you can still push it through your marketing person for the rest of you who are entrepreneurs or Um, are going to be the marketing person for your channel, Um, you obviously want to make sure that you have administrative rights to your Facebook page. Um, I strongly recommend a business page because then you can have other people inside of your company. Or um, we actually have an artist friend who has his sister manage his brand. So
2: she pushes a lot of the day-to-day content so he can actually still be creating, Mm -hmm. um, which helps take some of the pressure off of him.
5: You recommend... A business account or business page because yes. where are you and which
1: one of the Facebook? My, and on Facebook, on my apologies. Okay.
2: So, um, Mostly uh, because you can have multiple people log into that and you can, there are a lot of analytical tools in the background. Yep. Um,
1: I really recommend a Facebook page especially for brands um, for something where you've got maybe multiple products that you're pushing um, that way you're not the only one managing it in the event that you have a business partner or something else like that. so. Um, and they and Hootsuite will function with that just fine. Um, I could get into the technical aspect of why it works. Yay, hooray for open APIs. Um, but basically, you want if you're going to have multiple people accessing it, business page is going to be uh, much easier. Can I ask a
3: question? Sure. Just a tiny one. Yeah, You mentioned the phone in the uh, Snapseed. Is it just so that you can kind of do things on the go, or is that just saying you need that if you don't have a home (laughs) (laughs) computer?
1: Most marketers. So we're walking around a convention today. You've got your cell phone in your back pocket, I assume, and you can take a quick picture, edit it quickly, push it out to social media because you want to have real-time things whenever possible. Um, So that's that's why we recommend that. Now, obviously, if you happen to have a box at home and you've got Photoshop and you have those skills, um, if you have design skills. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you have design skills I've got 10 years of Photoshop experience but Lightroom means it takes 30 seconds to do which one of these things am I going to do to make it quicker um so if you don't have a graphic design in your back pocket Snapseed is idiot proof yeah so because marketing is incredibly time-consuming I've got another question I'm not sure Mm
6: -hmm. if you mentioned it in the last um, uh, session or not Mm. but the idea of like a website for um, open source images, like Pixabay,
1: P-I-X-A-B-A-Y, Pixabay is is covered by the Creative Commons license, it's hosted in England, buy them a coffee, it's worth it, their image library is phenomenal, what I will tell you is while you're on your desktop, there will be, it's very obviously ad hosted. Um, by Shutterstock I think Um, so if you have an Adobe cloud account you probably have some images that are posted by Adobe at like 10 a month if you have an Adobe cloud account if you that's something you've got
2: so yeah so if you need just stock images those are great sources they're great sources we actually use some of that in both of our presentations
5: yep are are all of these um, Hmm. I'm unfamiliar with Maybe these. It it's okay. Um, are you saying that Snapseed would be instead of Hootsuite or Hootsuite could manage it, S- Snapseed as well?
1: Snapseed is your photo editor on your phone. So okay. when you take a picture, um, you can edit it with Snapseed, crop it, apply filters, um, do all of your light balancing, um, all of that fun stuff, adding text. It basically replaces a uh, Photoshop on your phone. Um, and then Hootsuite is the publisher and content management system. Got it. Thank you. No, totally okay. Those are all good questions. All right, scheduling content and best practices. Mm-hmm. Don't don't post it at two a.m. Don't do it unless your demographic <laughs> is is APAC. If you're doing Asia Pacific, great, post it at two a.m. Know <coughs> your demographic, right? So when should I schedule my social posts? Um, you want to do you want to have a cadence, or what they call a cadence? Another fun buzzword. Um, you want to consistently post at least two to four times per week um this will help you organically grow your numbers generally the best times to post are going to be around the lunch hour oddly enough lunch because that's when people are on their phones that's when they're no longer at work most people are going to see your stuff either on their mobile or on their desktop at work um so late morning so like 11 a.m local time or sometime midday so like mid afternoon or sort of between you know 1 to 3 a.m tuesday and thursday are consistently some of the highest reading times, whether it's email marketing or if it's social posts. Um, I enti- am I couldn't tell you logically why this is. It's just an industry standard.
3: So you say So Tuesday and Thursday. So Tuesday and Thursday.
1: Yeah. Um, and if those are going to be your highest reading times. Um, and this is sort of an industry standard. Uh, again, try and post, post two to four times per week you don't necessarily, so you never want to do like especially on Twitter, you never want to do oh shit I've got a post here and then an hour later you got the exact same post. You can schedule it out for a few hours later. Um, you don't want to do them back to back to back to back to back. Unless of course you're at a live event, you're hashtagging it. Um,
2: yeah it's going to be dependent upon what you're doing, like if you're doing a Kickstarter. Especially if you're in the last week of the Kickstarter you going to really want to push that content going so you're, you're You have folks constantly seeing what's going on because sometimes things will drop off, things get uh, pushed to the wayside, and and uh, you might push out six posts and you only see two of them. Um, So it's that that matter of consistency in posts?
1: And well, and yes.
3: Um, I live in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. so I'm usually in the Central Time Zone. Great. But um, what I think is that, like for example, a lot of times most of my audience might be in the Eastern Time Zone. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious, like if you had any regional numbers, if you think that like. Do certain areas change on that lunchtime? Are like the Eastern they, Time Zone? is usually early? They're a little bit episode? earlier, okay. so. Um, so when I'm if I'm an hour behind, it's almost like I you should wanna, pretty, maybe I shoot for like nine a.m. because yep. that's like ten a.m. their time. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm just, and that's no, that's a really good question. that in my head when I'm doing my stuff. Well, and that's that's a we good. We deal with
1: that
2: too, yeah. That's a good um, thoughtfulness towards where your demographic is. Yeah, um, that if you know you've got more East Coast or West Coast. Um, trying to, to be compatible to their time zone. Or
1: if you've got a Euro game and you're shopping, you know, you want the UK folks to be looking at that, you're obviously going to look at that time zone. Um, that, that'll
2: be part of your, uh, your overall uh, strategy, is where you're marketing to whom and what times. Um, and you might even incorporate that into your strategy you know, in your marketing campaign of, okay, Wednesdays are gonna, we're going to focus on our Euro clients. You know, um.
1: Right, and try and make it applicable to them. Now... Twitter and Facebook have very different AIs in terms of how they show you things. So Twitter, you can actually multiple do multiple posts. So you can wait like a week and do the same post again. Facebook, you can't do that because of the way, because uh, if, if they go to their page and you see the same content over and over again, it doesn't work. But Twitter, because of the nature of that particular entity, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, or you do need to do multiple posts. Instagram, oddly enough, will recycle your content for you. Super weird. Um, but every single social media platform is going to be slightly different. It is worth doing a little bit of research on each of those. So, is that a question or a stretch? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'll try to keep it short.
3: Okay? Sure. When do you do recycle like content on Twitter, um, should is it okay to retweet, retweet your own tweets, or should you really be trying not to do that because you, that can look like,
1: yeah, traffic? you don't want to retweet your own tweet. You can put so inside of Hootsuite, you can say, okay, great. Uh, this Tuesday at 9 a.m., I'm going to do this tweet. A week. Mm-hmm. And a day later at one p.m., I'm going to take, I'm going to copy, paste that exact same yes, thing, and I'm going to rerun it. So I think
2: who, you can do the same thing in TweetDeck as well. Yeah, That's TweetDeck
1: will heard. allow you to do that. TweetDeck is included in Twitter. You just go to TweetDeck.twitter.com. Um, your analytics suite for Twitter is Analytics.twitter.com. Oh um, well, yeah, if
2: you're if you are primarily using Twitter, TweetDeck is phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, We're we love TweetDeck. Um, I was scheduling out month uh, a month ahead of time for a project that we were working on, and that meant that we had consistent posting um, on a regular schedule that I didn't have to worry about.
1: Yeah, we wrote two weeks of content before we left here for one of the Facebook groups that we manage, and it just goes, magic. Um, So that's super cool. Uh, Again, uh, so use images wherever possible if you have a pocket designer, or know how to use Photoshop, I'm gonna keep picking on you. (laughs) If you have a pocket designer. Um, You should try and use images. There's a a, a significant jump in terms of engagement when you use images. Now, uh, we'll talk a little bit about some image suggestions for uh, all of the suite of kind of what you guys have described uh, in a minute, Um, but you also want to provide content that's relevant to your audience. If you are on Twitter and Instagram, you can use hashtags to continue to try and get other people to follow it. Instagram, you basically hide all of your hashtags underneath so you don't necessarily see them while you're scrolling on the phone, because nobody uses Instagram on the desktop. Just doesn't really happen. Um, And then on Twitter, you want to be really careful about the hash. It doesn't need to be like, hashtag blessed, hashtag throwback Thursday. You want to choose hashtags. uh, Yeah, sad, right? Um, You want to choose hashtags that are relevant to your audience. Don't hashtag everything. This is my personal pet peeve. I deal with this at work all the time. I have an agency that sends me copy. And I'm like, why did you hashtag that? Why would you do that?
3: But you could (laughs) send a certain number. What was that? Do hmm? you recommend a certain number?
1: I recommend one to two.
3: Because, <laughs> like, with a board game or role playing game, you can right. so RPG. Genres, yeah. and, you know,
1: hashtag, you find your audience. Instagram
2: yeah. seems to be very hashtag heavy. Yeah, Instagram, um, you use tons, but Twitter I've, I've only seen one people, two. like, I swear they were using like 15 different hashtags, which, that's a jam, so be sure. it. But, um, the, you know, those hashtags, depending, you can also see which hashtags are used more often. There's a way to actually pull that so you can go, all right, this hashtag, there's only 10 people watching it, so I'm not going to post there. Yeah. Like, Instagram hey, provides one. that
1: instantly. But
2: yeah, this one here's got over 100 posts in the last hour. So there get
1: hashtag happy on Instagram.
2: Only use one to two on Twitter. And Twitter, I think, shows how many within the last hour or,
1: or yeah, so. Yeah, how, like, what's trending. Yeah. Um, because, uh, yeah, the, all the algorithms are slightly different. Because you'll see that with Twitter posts for, like, Wizards of the Coast right. or
2: um, D&D You'll see how many posts have gone out for uh, for those kind of products. Correct. Where do
5: you see that
2: quantity? Um, So with Twitter, it's actually when you go to make a post and you go to do that hashtag. It, it, I believe, it actually pulls up and shows you this hashtag and how many times within the last period of time it's been used. On Instagram, when you're actually going to put put in that, it'll tell you
1: how many people are following. Because on so on on Instagram, people will follow a hashtag just like they would follow a person. Um, On Twitter, you can use hashtags to find particular events or certain tweets that contain that, but people don't generally follow a hashtag. Hashtag following does. Really? Hashtag you are
2: being called out. (laughs) There's
1: gonna be a lot of that in this presentation. Um, We're gonna talk about scheduling more, but uh, save yourself some headache. Create, um, we both have full-time day jobs. Um, I work for a very crazy crypto company. uh, Ray works in Numismatics. Um, so, we are busy people, and I'm sure all of you are as well. Uh, creating all of your your stuff ahead of time in a Word document or a Google document, and then posting it into Hootsuite or into your chosen um, into your chosen scheduler will save you a ton of time and, and headache.
2: And folks that don't know what you're doing, think that you're actively engaged, which is magic. To them?
6: <laughs> wow, you guys
2: are always
1: guys online. Are always online like yes, yes yep. we are. Yep. Totally <laughs> online. Yep. Um Smarter smarter, not harder, guys. Uh, personas targeting your marketing. We talked a little bit about demographics, um, but there is a um, there's a practice in marketing called building personas. Um, and this is getting a little bit down the rabbit hole, so please forgive me. Uh, you should obviously have some basic understanding of who you're marketing to, including a few basic personas. So these are, these are basically, you're creating, for role players, all of us in this room, I can assume, uh, you are creating a persona that you're attempting to market to. They, they visually target your audience, what they like, what you th- would you be friends with this person? Um, so Danny is a parent in their mid-40s with young children and not a lot of time. You know that Danny spends 20 to 30 minutes on social media, generally Facebook per day, uh, likely from bed. So if you wanted to write content for that person, and you can build these different personas in your head. You can visualize who this person is. Um, and then you, you might start. might know that person. You might know that person. <laughs> um, and then uh, you can write content that you feel like Danny would really enjoy. You know that Danny is going to be reading their social media from bed. It should be something short, punchy, interesting. It shouldn't be long. Um, it should be visually engaging, um, because Danny doesn't have a lot of time. Um, so Jamie is a 20-something, uh, single, female-oriented gamer uh, with significant time online, especially Instagram. So Danny might follow hashtags that you are using. Danny might be... Uh, uh, visually stimulated. So visually stimulated, images. correct. And not so much wanting to catch up on Facebook. I look at Instagram. I am not, in, I'm not quite Jamie, but... Um, I look at Instagram because there's no drama. It's just mm. pretty. <laughs> so... And you can just keep scrolling. Correct. And yes. And all all beautiful images. images, and it makes me happy. Like, it's very calming to me. Um, so you could choose, if you were marketing to Jamie, you could choose something uh, that was calming and chill and uh, or just visually interesting. Uh, Tony is a 30-something professional, heavy online shopper out of convenience. So Amazon Prime, Etsy, they have a Blue Apron subscription. Uh, Tony may spend time on Reddit. Tony may spend time Pinterest. on Pinterest. Um, and so, building these personas will help you visualize your marketing. Can you
3: tell me why you picked those two? Why did I pick those two? Why does that person like Pinterest?
1: Why does Tony like Pinterest? So
2: I, I jumped or to Pinterest
3: knowledge that you two
2: have. I, I jumped to and Pinterest because to of Blue Apron because cool. I have a Pinterest account and I like to follow recipes. And listen to food. And so I want to see the food. And, I, <laughs> I, I wanna, I, and so thinking about mm-hmm. what interests Tony has. You know the the Etsy, Etsy and Pinterest
1: kind of hand hand. Tony um, prizes convenience, and I want to visually quickly find a recipe, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so that's why that's why that choice is made. And and really, you're going to know individually who's buying your product. Um, and so helping building these really helps inform your strategy. All right, content creation. Let's make some stuff. All right. So what makes good content? Consistency, consistency, consistency. Um, if you disappear for a month, it's not good.
2: You're gonna, um, you're gonna lose a lot of followers. You can lose
1: followers because you lose they're gonna
2: wonder: Did, did the company crash? Um, did, did somebody get fired? Um, they're gonna wonder what's going on if you if you just go quiet, and go right. dark. Um, so you want to keep that consistency in, in your posting because that helps build a reliability with the the brand and the, and the trust. The, yeah. It
1: builds trust in your brand. It builds trust in you as a creator. Um, so relevant content, regular codes, visually, we've talked about these things. So what are some things that might reflect your brand? You could do images of drafts. You can do images of prototypes, play test sessions, research locations, really anything. And it, you can do this kind of all day, and you don't have to post all of them at once. But if you're at a convention like this and, uh, you know, for instance, I've got my hat hanging over there that's visually interesting, you can choose just kind of random things. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a grandiose piece, but it's something that's intimate. It comes from you. Uh,
2: So... That builds that that connection between the creator and uh, fan base or interest group. Correct. They're like, hey, what's their life like? Well, suddenly you actually get to see a snapshot of perhaps their, their... their desk with their computer or um, what they're working on.
1: You are all brave creators. You are all filled with creativity and imagination. You are doing the thing that most gamers can't or won't. You are are pioneers, and so your thoughts, your experiences matter to your audience. They may you may not feel like that. I know a lot of creators suffer from some imposter syndrome, but genuinely, people want to hear from you. And
2: there's there's information and knowledge that you you possess that you might not even consider that you possess it, but when you start to actually go out and talk to people and describe your products, people might not have ever heard of this, they might not think about some of the ideas. Last session we talked about the idea of thought leaders, people who have ideas and interests that are moving gaming or moving the industry forward. Those are the kinds of things that people are interested in. Right.
1: And the other thing that, oh, you have a question.
4: For example, if you're like more like focused on writing content because you have to pay artists and you're not, not really focused on the visual part of it, mm-hmm. how can you work around this? Because, for example, most of all, we are working on like developer diaries for our games.
1: Oh, nice.
4: And short stories that we're working on, some reviews. For example, for the reviews, we have like the visual part because we have the pictures of the books and everything. Right. But for the other parts, for the diaries of the stories, we don't want to use Creative Commons because I put you like really down on the SEO algorithm. Well, ah. what options can we use to walk around this part? So
1: you're looking to do more language as opposed to visuals, yeah. And are mostly to do your writers. Keywords. Okay, most of, that's okay. So pictures of your right so you have a you have a physical location, right? Yeah,
4: you're, we are in Mexico in general.
1: Right. First of all, you're in Mexico and that's super cool. And <laughs> Mexico's beautiful. Yeah. So there's do, that. Yeah, so depending <laughs> on depending
4: on who's following your
2: your uh, your channels um, they might just think it's interesting to see a snapshot of your world yeah okay. the other thing as a writer you have inspirations I, I'm a writer as well so there are things that occasionally I'll just walk around and be like that looks really interesting and it'll be something that I eventually translate into one of my works I'll post a picture and say this inspired me then I, I add how does this inspire you because okay. now you're asking you're looking for engagement right. from your audience
1: so So looking for, you know, you could create a hashtag that's um, hashtag, um, you know, my inspiration or something along those lines that contains obviously your brand name, and that's going to push a little bit of the SEO thing. Um, How do you see your world? How do you see your world? Hashtag, how do you see your world? And then you hope that your audience pick those things up, Um, you know, hashtag drive-through dreams, you know, what? (laughs) (laughs) I just pulled it out of the air. Feel free, that's yours, now. Well, no, but that's seri- I'm serious. So many people dream of being hosts, being reviewed or being featured on drive-thru. So hashtag drive-thru dreams. Um, I know that many of us have computers and there might be a little figurine that hangs out next to your computer. Guess what? That's interesting. That's actually interesting. That's, that's a visual component. Or if you have people who work from home and, my, and most of us, many of us work from home when we're writing, what does that workspace look like? How does that work? Why is your workspace that way? So there's lots of different ways to do that. Now, granted, you, if you've got a content farm, that's phenomenal. You want to leverage those keywords. You want to use those tiny little snippets. Um, I still like drive through dreams. I'm going to, yeah. That's yours. So you keep that. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, running like, running down like, like some right chick in a marketing class said <laughs> this was good. Anybody on the marketing team believe in this? Yeah. Um, anyway, so... I applied for a job for to be a community manager for you guys, by the way. Fun fact. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> thought leadership that creates... Huh? He's like, I don't know nothing about that. But
2: I yeah. think it was the recent job. There were
6: literally hundreds
2: I know. Of there's t-
1: I can't even imagine how many resumes came in. Um, it's, I still love you guys. It's okay. Uh, anyway, so thought leadership that creates conversation... Um, Thought leadership. So each of you are in and of yourselves thought leaders because you are leading the curve of gaming just by being here at Metatopia. Um, What is your experience like? What are you learning? What have you learned? You're you're excited that your shipment is coming in. What that's like. That experience is something that's valuable to people, to aspiring Kickstarters. That's incredibly valuable. Um, Original content that centers around your product, your brand, or your customers. Um, we talked about engagement. So one of the things that you can do is we talked about what does your workspace look like, or what are your drive-through dreams, or you know, what is you know, what do you want to learn from somebody who is natively outside the country and here marketing in the United States? Um, those things are phenomenal. You want to get your your customers to pick up your hashtag to respond on social media. So when yeah, they because sorry.
2: when they pick up on these things, when they respond to them, it broadens the footprint of who's seeing that content.
1: Correct. and those can be calls to action tell us your you know uh what are what are your dreams What does your workspace look like um i've never found games to be therapeutic right tell us how you know you that way you
2: you're asking for that feedback you're so you're you're, you're almost daring them for- to respond with something mm-hmm. because that gets that level of engagement
1: right it sounds like work sorry guys marketing is in fact work Um, but we try and make things easier by scheduling this content out if you have a few hours to sit down in a Starbucks and start generating content great take that time save future you some headache sleep in go to brunch you know give yourself that opportunity do it smarter not harder Um, so how do we make it less work We do scheduling posts. We do all of your work in a batch. The other thing you can do is around this room, we have creators. Around Minnetokia, we have incredible, uh, brilliant minds and thought leaders. Find a guest poster. If you have a blog or you want to start writing a blog on education, find other educators that are actually already doing that and say, hey, I would love to share your piece through my network have that that network of friends, that network of fellow creators, and leverage them as well. And that also helps you build those relationships. It helps
2: them by getting more readership. Correct. It also pushes more content through your your page.
1: Now, many of us consume a lot of information, some of us more than others. Yeah. Yeah, someone has a problem. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I read my Reddit in the morning, uh, but he never stops reading through articles through the course of his day. And there are many things that he'll come home and say. Gosh, this article was really interesting. And I was like, Oh, that would be really great for these people to read. And so that we do this all the time, kind of at, on Facebook. We all, the, those of us who have Twitter, yes. Oh.
5: So I understand a lot of these posts are very short. Sure. And you said pictures generally good. Great. Yep. Um, and uh, are are there are there amounts of copy? that you don't want to do, and when when it's on Facebook versus Twitter, yes. is, how yes. different is the volume that you want there?
2: So at the end of this slide, we have a bit.ly link that's got, that'll take you to a page we've created with a bunch of different content. One of the things I believe we put up on there is there's there are actual studies that talk okay. about each channel, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and how many words you want or don't want for these posts, because some... some uh, you know, you can do longer posts. Some you only want, like, two or three lines. Um, and it, it's really going to depend on uh, the readership of those channels. Um,
1: if you have something you're, you're really targeting, so Facebook, definitely longer. But remember, uh, try and use paragraph breaks because really people are only going to look at bullet points unless you have somebody. I'm I'm on the demographic of I want under 240 characters. That's That's me. Ray will read a whole damn blog. I don't have time for that. Um, so it's really gonna vary depending upon your demographic now you're working with educators who are generally going to be more academic so they're willing to read longer things Twitter is 240 characters um, and that's perfectly fine you can use that max or you can use something shorter Instagram you're really you can use lots of characters but you really want something short and sweet um, for Instagram so around that same Twitter length
2: LinkedIn you can can write more Mm -hmm. scholastic posts Which are great. If you're looking for educators, that might be a way to convey thoughts and ideas about your products to
4: professionals
1: in the industry. Yeah, I think LinkedIn would be a great network for you, actually.
4: Question. For example, for the scheduling part, we are posting like in both languages, in English and in Spanish. That's so challenging. (laughs) Yeah. We have both level, uh, and we have an English editor. Right. What's better if we like schedule the post to be at the same time or like? English one week and the translation one week later.
1: What time zone are you in? Central.
4: Um, Central time. Yeah, <laughs> it's Central time, I think, Mexico City.
1: Yeah, uh, I would, I would look up the Spanish speaking demographics for what time they are most active on. I, I don't have that because yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not bilingual. Um don't worry. Yeah, But you can like also look at, <laughs> look at the
2: analytics and see if you can track down. Um, where a lot of your readership is coming from. So if you notice analytically that a lot of your English speaking are showing up at a certain time, then you can start focusing at Uh, those times.
1: Google Analytics actually has an entire section for when, because it'll it'll show from their browser which language they're using. And so Google Analytics will actually show you. Um, Do you guys have a website?
4: Yeah, we already have the web website set up and everything between HTTPS. We're fighting WordPress all the time. Okay. I am fighting WordPress I, all the time. I I spent three years developing in WordPress. I
1: feel your pain. Um, but if you've got a Google Analytics tag, Google Analytics will actually show you the differentiators between those two languages and okay. when they're showing up. It's and really fascinating
2: and, when you pull yeah, it up and wacky. you actually see where all of the people are coming from. You're like, who do we know in Scandinavia? <laughs> or things like that. It's like, wow,
1: that's neat. Right. Um, yeah. So GA will actually show you. So. You okay. Have a and I've got one behind you too.
5: Yeah. Just on the same thing about the content and yeah. quantity. What's the business perspective on sending people out of there, such as referencing articles?
1: So. uh from social media, there, what you're doing is you're creating conversation pieces. Um, obviously, anything that you post is almost like an endorsement, so you wanna be careful with that. I work in the financial world for marketing, and so we're very particular about the regulations around that. Um, but it's okay to send things out. If you tag them on Twitter, for instance, like if you were doing a Forbes article, sometimes they'll reach out back to you or they'll start looking at your account. So it's a way to continue to broaden your network. Yeah, um,
2: I and mean, in that, that case, it's networking.
1: It's networking,
5: yeah. Um, so positive. Yeah, it's, it's for,
2: healthy. for yes. instance, we've got a, a blog that we talk about role-playing games and other other geek-type things. I was on Twitter, and I don't know if you know uh, Critical Role, the show Critical Role, yeah. um, uh, I actually uh, reached out to Matt Mercer, um, and he responded. Well, the next thing I know, right. we were looking at our <laughs> analytics, and we had a ton of views. And right. people started yeah, actually right. tracking us back, going, well, who the hell are these people? Right. So it was a way just through interaction with somebody that was already out there that had a larger readership than we did to start getting connections and other people to start looking at our stuff.
1: Right.
6: Um,
2: so sometimes that's all it is, is you're sharing out something that's relevant to your target bar- audience, and then the individuals that are behind what you're sharing can can either pick it up or it th- makes a connection. Um, right.
1: so it, it can be healthy. If you're if you're sharing something from N World or you're sharing something from Reddit or from a particular user, maybe you want to include their at their name in your Twitter or in your tweet and that way hopefully it'll start a conversation. Then you're leveraging their audience on top of yours. Yeah. So And that's
2: and it's all just trying to build that bigger footprint within the within the digital space. Yep. I
6: had a question? Something yeah. that uh, you guys said yesterday that really resonated with me is the idea of separating yourself from your brand Yes. and making the brand stand out as its own. Yes. Uh, when I first started as a therapist, because of the way the referrals are, I was the brand. Right.
1: That's really challenging.
6: And now I'm fighting to kind of separate myself from that in, in the eyes of like referral agencies and stuff like that. Cause so I have other therapists working for me now. Right. Uh, but the the main challenge that I find is. Like, how do I or what do I do with? I am not consistent on Twitter. I am not consistent. As soon as I like disengage from something like that, I could be off of it for like a year easily. Oh
1: wow! So okay. I know,
6: like, it takes a lot of energy for yeah. me to even be on it, right? right. Like, let alone. Social media is super draining. Yeah, I for me personally, I just I just can't. So is that the kind of thing where? Do I. own like, is, is it worth it, or does it make more sense to? Just get rid of my personal account mm-hmm. because that's going to be so inactive, and just have the company focus on the company's accounts.
1: I would have, I would, for you, it's almost a rebranding, right? So yeah. I would have a company page that all of your team members maybe has to have to generate one tweet a week, um, or and or one Facebook, whatever channel it is that you find works best for your brand. Um, have them generate, have them t- share one. Thoughtful experience or or one thing a week, and then that will immediately generate all the content for you And then it spreads the work out and you're in a good position where you have multiple people who who are working on that
2: And if if you're not worried about so a lot of creators With within within the industry worry about themselves because you never know if what you're currently working on is going to be consistent and will will exist in the next two to three years so they work on themselves as authors or creators
0: mm-hmm.
2: rather than pouring everything into their product. Now, it sounds like you don't have to worry about that, really. You, you've you already established yourself as a professional, but you're pushing this brand right. and, and the products behind that brand. You, you could just shelve your personal Yeah,
1: account. I would let it sit for the moment. It's okay to let it sit, especially and, because you have And we to had that them.
2: conversation with a graphic artist because he had his
1: own account,
2: But then he was trying to push a product and it's like well in in some ways you're gonna have to pick one are you worried about being an artist and finding work from other people or are you looking to push your Your own products and brand and not worry about taking on any other work from anybody else and he was at a place where he wants to push not himself so much as his product so that's where his focus needs to be because if you try to break that focus you try to do two things, and you,
3: neither one of them are going to go well, I mean, overly well.
1: You know, spoon theory. I'm sure you only have so many spoons. You got to choose yeah. where you're gonna,
3: where are you gonna put them. Just to clarify that, yeah. Because when you were talking, especially about like you know pictures of like drafts and prototypes and inspiration and mm-hmm. research and stuff, I mean it, it can be very difficult when you, if you're an indie game designer, right. like very much in this case too. If you are the business for a while, mm-hmm. like when you go to Facebook, most people are posting on their, you know, personal page. They're right. 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 But we have this difficulty of having the brand, and as you were saying, a lot of this stuff really blurs because you know if I'm showing you my desk. I'm also saying that the company is just me, right? Right. But at the same point, where should I? I mean, as a brand, if you're in that, do you have any advice on like where do I, you put the line? I need to choose. Right. Like, do I? Am I wrong if I put everything in one bucket? Because then those people would be like, well, what about Pete? And there's nothing about Pete when they go to Pete because it's all in the brand, you know? Right. So,
1: well, and, and it depends for you personally what it, what you're looking to do. If you are if you are just doing this one thing, that one time, then it's fine to do it. In my opinion, and, and financial advice, something something disclaimer. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so right? I, uh, don't get into finance, guys. <laughs> like, ugh. Uh, anyway. So my advice to you is like if so, if you have one product or one service, and and you're trying this, and you're just starting out. Have it all kind of on yourself. But when you're ready to start doing multiple things, maybe maybe you're doing multiple lines of board games, maybe you're doing a line of educational pieces, then you need to consider, do I have an LLC? Do I really have a brand? Do I have all of these things? And then you can kind of step back and have some compartmentalization and some emotional distance from that.
2: And some of the reason we... uh, The session we did last night, the reason we talked about separating yourself from your brand is because we know a lot of creators that... They, You're passionate people. We are passionate people. We spend all of our time living in these fantasy worlds that we are creating for others' enjoyment. And as soon as we get somebody that comes up and goes, well, this sucks, well, yeah, it's going to be a blow to us. Not only to our egos, but also to all of the hard work and effort and all of the playtesting and the hours of content creation. Yeah. That making sure that you don't lose yourself in the product, in the brand that you're building. Because, you know... you you spend all that all that time in that creation well you you still have to go out you're still a person you you might have a day job you might have friends you might have a girlfriend or or a boyfriend you you are out there being a person that can be separate from this brand we've seen too many people that wrap themselves into it and they don't give themselves that emotional and mental distance and then they they, they're devastated they fall apart when people tear them down and it's not them they're tearing down it's like hey this mechanic sucks I spent a year on that mechanic Well, it's not going to be for everybody. So remember to keep some emotional distance. You're not going to. We we include
1: it for mental health purposes mostly.
3: Yeah, I'm just in this interesting place where yeah, maybe in the beginning I should have. What I wonder now is more so how much I built a brand when I should have, as an indie game designer, a lot of times you are the brand. Right. I wonder if I should have just kept pushing the Trisha Facebook page. Right. And while there's benefits to having a brand because you can boost posts and things, it's just funny because now I find myself in this case where it's like. Which one do they actually care more about? Because right. Both, they're almost a, two units doing the same thing. Right. Yeah.
1: And so. that's, hard, of, that's a
3: really hard and decision. That's hard the 201 to, yeah. to one level. At The 101, I get it. Like yeah. it's almost easier then because yeah. you clearly know, yeah.
1: really go this
3: way for a while. Yeah. yeah. And but as you get funny, further, though. you're like, hey. yeah,
2: yeah. I've, I've seen that. What, what you're describing, at yeah. uh, uh, least from the side, forward. I've seen where you push a product, and people know, you know, hey, Pete's Pete's working a, yeah. a, 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 with this brand. But then there reaches a point where, like, something might change with the brand. You might bring on partners or something, yeah. and then they stop thinking about Pete, and they're like, "Well, man, this brand really went downhill after Pete." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "No, hello, I'm still here." Right. And they totally they they focus so much on the brand that they forget about the creators that are behind the brand. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen that even in, in my uh, the, the the my day job where we we were a third party grading service, the graders dem- never changed. It was the same people, but there was a company shift. Sure. The company got purchased. There was some rebranding. It
1: was the same people,
2: <laughs> but they're like, man, everything went downhill. It's like, these are literally the same people that have been doing the job for the last right, five years. but it's years. all
1: perception, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of, I mean, marketing is smoke and mirrors. I'll, you know, I worked in radio for many, many years. It's all smoke and mirrors, it's all a lie. Um, <laughs> radio's a lot, um, but But that's unfortunately part of this experience is that you are building this perception for the rest of the world so that you can have. We have have lots of examples of this. like we tried
2: to tell folks in 101, there are no definitive answers. Marketing Mm -hmm. is not really a science. Um, It's a a soft science. It's a soft science. science. There are no hard (laughs) lines. So what might work for Pete might not work for Joe or Bob. it's, right. just, it's a lot of. It's also going to be what kind of demographics or, or uh, community you have built around your name. Um.
1: So we're we're going to scoot through this because we've only got ten minutes left. Um, what if I don't have time? So appropriate, right? Yeah. Uh, time versus money. Uh, you most people are going to have one or the other, and it is a sliding scale. Um, we uh, one of the things I just want to mention is if you have all the time in the world, you can teach yourself marketing. You can do the googling. You can talk to professionals. Um, without in, incurring in a cost. and
2: effort and right. you're going to get results.
1: But if you have no time and money and you have a budget, uh, you can absolutely hire consultants. You can use advertising through Google and Bing or Facebook and actually do pay-per-clip campaigns, which I don't have time to get marketing into. Marketing experts. Right, marketing or experts. So content creation suggestions. Just some Im- quick image suggestions. This is from my Instagram. Um, stock art from Pixabay, we talked about video of you talking about your process. People do actually want to hear from you guys. Like, I, I and Nobody believes me. All game creators say, no, they don't want to hear from me. They really do. Um, you talking about your process, what it's like to design things, what it's like to live in Mexico and work for a bilingual group. That's amazing content. I want to watch that. Um, just, but really simple things like my Adventure League monk. <laughs> that's all that is. That's really simple. And that was built in Snapseed. These are really easy things that you can do.
2: Well, yeah, videos of you talking. Uh Matthew Mercer, Critical Role, Mike Colville, mm-hmm. folks Matt that just Colville. show up on YouTube and will talk, you know, here's 15 to 20 minutes of just talking about one aspect of gaming. Or, hey, you know, let me talk, talk to you about a, a mechanic in my game. These are things that people find interesting and engaging, especially if you can find ways to make it entertaining. Hello, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you gotta you got to be a little more animated, but you got to put yourself out there and try.
1: Yeah. Um, so we am going to touch really briefly on email marketing. Email marketing is a great demographic for a slightly older, slightly more educated um, area of the world. Younger people are not necessarily going to look. Your, your 30 and younger group may not be really hip on email marketing, but this is really quick. MailChimp is free for under 1,500 subscribers, which I suspect some of you in this room are. <laughs> um, what you want to do for email marketing is consistency. Again, newsletters. Anytime you basically send out an email blast, your impressions on your website, your visitors on your website is going to go up. Um, open rates of 4 to 7% are normal. I know a lot of people find this disheartening out the gate, but that's pretty normal. Um, your click-through rates, so people that click on the link to actually go to your website are going to be 3%. So this gives you some baseline for what you can expect in terms of email marketing. Again, Mailchimp, super cheap, as in free, um, and a great, really easy, WYSIWYG uh, platform. Really what matters in your email marketing is a little bit of images, some information that is new and interesting to your subscriber base, and your headline. Your headline is what keeps you out of the spam inbox. Don't use words like free. Thank you very much. the Can Spam Act, I am mentioning this because it has bitten me in the ass at least once. The Can Spam Act protects all of us from getting crappy spam about Viagra, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of great history around it. You're welcome to Google it. You must have an unsubscribe link at the bottom. MailChimp will help you with this. But please bear in mind, do not email people who have unsubscribed. There is actually a law around this. Um, but it protects us. Yay. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to get around that, just choose a provider in the UK. Found that out the hard way. Uh, (laughs) If you have an unsubscribe right, over 10%, MailChimp may boot you. Just as a heads up. Because they don't want to get
2: branded as spamming.
1: Correct. So, um, yeah. I had a company that made some poor choices. I no longer work for that company. Fun fact. Uh, So that's a really quick primer on email marketing. There are some great, you can Google, you know, good email marketing, uh, good email headlines, engaging email headlines, things like that. Uh, Writing for your audience. Much content, such well. Uh, so, you always want to market for those personas. Um, you also want to use things that in your content that are going to be relevant to your audience. Um, as I'm well on time, we're just going to run through these real quick, so take the battle with you, Diablo on Switch, because it's a mobile thing. You want to really make sure that you're encompassing what what it is that, that you're trying to, to market. Um, uh, differentiators. One of the other things that will help you generate content is to determine why your product or brand or service is different. Um, you are, whether that's dif- differences in your systems, uh, if your system is targeting a really unique demographic, for instance, bilingual folks, um, and include that in your marketing. Um, ease of use does it have an app for the phone? We looked at a, a great. Expedition. expedition we looked at a great game at origins called expedition that has an app with it so you can play it anywhere it's a phenomenal little game um cards versus dice is it easy to learn is it a board game theater of mind these are all differentiator they are things that make your product brand service stand out you want to include those in your content especially your social media items especially when you're building calls to action which are basically copy that in, that get your audience to do something whether it's click a link or engage in a hashtag, do a contest, those are calls to action. And then marketing, ha ha ha. What did you do to stand out in Metatopia? Right, these are questions. You're here with other designers. How are you making your product, brand, service stand out this weekend? These are things that you wanna think about before you go to an event. Um, hashtag I feel called out, just so. Um, <laughs> we all do, it's okay. Um, this is kind of a little tongue in cheek, but. We all do this consciously and unconsciously. We all are very proud of our brands, products, services, etc. Um, uh, we,
2: these are all things that we have to consider when we're out in the open space, is how do we draw people in to take a look at our products, to get them engaged, and want to learn more?
1: Uh, really quick, fun example is there are a bunch of Kickstarter chaps who bumped into an Origins, and they all had embroidered blazers. It's really simple, but very applicable. Hi there. All right. A/B testing. So this is uh, th- for those of you who have a little more marketing experience. Um, A/B testing is basically loading two different things. So that might be two different images. This is really relevant for drive-through RPG. And anybody else who has you a website? A <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 I figured. Uh, A/B testing is great for seeing how how people are moving around your website, how people are moving around your brand, um, and you can word choices. S- word choices matter. Um, As you can tell, and you can actually Google this. This There are some great examples out there. All you need to look for examples of A-B testing in Google. Um, And there are some phenomenal examples. Like I said, pocket graphic designer, best thing to have. You know, and a basic understanding. So let's make some meteor-rich... Yeah, an exclamation point is like giving yourself a round of applause. Try not to include exclamation points. We've seen too many
2: people that use Uh, uh, three exclamation points. Somebody called me
1: out at this at work, and I was like, oh, I'm never using that again. As you can tell, I also use an exclamation point. give myself a (laughs) round of applause. Um, So, really quickly, how to frame a shot. You want to frame... This is when you take pictures. You want to frame it well. Only things that are relevant inside. You can now use it to crop it. Edit it. Hashtag it. And then post it. Um because we're running out of time I'm not twitching you holy shit I'm on TV um.
2: there are a lot of great uh, mediums for putting yourself out there through live um, streaming
1: so you can use Facebook live which is free twitch is free uh, canva.com will help you build a nice banner canva.com is free my favorite price point um. What you need to start broadcasting. Basically, you need a USB camera mic that you already have lying around that is not your cell phone unless you're doing it on Facebook Live. Open Broadcasting Studio. Open Broadcasting Studio is the industry standard for starting out on Twitch. It is free, it is idiot-proof. I have a degree to know how to do b- television broadcast. You need 20 minutes. <laughs> really sad, It, that that's, mad. it made <laughs> me so mad. Um, a few banners from Canva.com with your random product for your Twitch stream or whatever other thing you want to use. A clean backdrop. Do not broadcast in a location that is cluttered and dirty. Try not to do that. It makes you look unprofessional. Nobody wants to see your bedroom. I know so we have yelled popular. at friends of ours who are broadcasters about this. Um, you want regular content that is relevant and thought out. Don't just stand there and go, uh, uh as I immediately say that. Yeah. <laughs> regular content. Learn to speak without saying like or uh. Every four <laughs> words. This is super challenging for those of us who have not spent seven years in radio. For the record. Practice. Maybe your dog or your cat or your roommate wants to hear about your content. Practice first, then do, a, then do the video content. Um, how to design an asset without a designer. So these are some of the great ways to get assets. Canva.com is amazing and free. Uh, it'll allow you to do various different things, whether it's a Facebook fan or a Twitch stream, a poster, an infographic. These are phenomenal. I'm totally wrapping up. Uh, Pixabay.com we talked about, Fiber.com Fiverr, and 99designs.com. These are both entities that will allow you to get cheap assets. Creative
6: Commons.
2: So take a, take a Woo, picture of this. Comments, yes. We're going to try to put our 101 and our 201 uh, as PDFs on that uh, the site that that Bitly's going to go to. I got the to.
1: Bitly link for your
2: con. That way <laughs> you can reference this material and the links and things that were in there you can uh,
1: access. Right, so all of these tools are listed on that website, bitly.com. I managed to snag the Metatopia 2018 Bitly. I don't know how that happened. I
6: think we have the tiny URL.
1: Ah, uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, so tiny URL is great too. So we appreciate you guys spending time with us. We will be outside the doors if you have any specific questions. We'd be happy to answer them. But we are at... 10.59.
0: Boom.
1: <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Thank you.